I haven't really had the opportunity to completely lay this out for any guests thus far. Far, And I'm finishing season two. You are now entering Preform. Prepare to perform. A podcast created to explore the inner workings of high-profile performers. Conversations reveal what separates them from the average human. The final guest of season two is Scott Garber. Scott is a former Division I student-athlete from the University of South Alabama. He has spent the last six years in the sports technology realm, overseeing business development at Czech. The financial assurance platform formulated to secure and curate distributions of funds through fully controllable virtual and physical debit cards. In this episode, Scott reveals what separates him from the average human. I'm out of water. <laughs> All right, man. So preform. I want to hit you with the first question because I haven't really had the opportunity to completely lay this out for any guests thus far. And I'm finishing season two, episode eight, Scott Garber. Preform, I'm going to read it so I don't miss it, is, quote, a podcast created to explore the inner workings of high-profile performers. Conversations reveal what separates them from the average human. So I want to ask you, how do you prepare to perform? It's interesting. Uh, it's, a, it's a great question. And, and you know, I mean, I'm going to go, when, I, when we talk about performance, I think typically for it, I thought about this whole routine to get me in this optimal mindset to go do a specific task. Since we've started collaborating and I'm taking a different approach to this, Performing is really focusing on or, or preparing to perform is focusing on the fundamentals for what I'm doing every step of the way throughout the course of my day. So to prepare for that, um, definitely paying attention to what I put in my body, when I put it in my body, how I treat my body throughout the day and really being acute and listening to it and then recovering. So I think those components of laying a solid foundation allow me to perform at any task, right? And I, and I mean, I always thought about this because as a former Division I football player, you think about preparing for a football game or preparing for a practice. I never thought about preparing to go wash the dishes. 
I never thought about preparing to go and, and just go on a walk around the block. And so now I look at each little micro exercise as a chance to perform. And if I am faulty on my preparation of just me being a good prepared human, then I won't perform at the highest for each one of those little micro events. It's really interesting. You bring in this idea of being an athlete and then being a human. And in these examples, watching the dishes, going for a walk, preparing to perform. As you know, I'm a firm believer in the importance of preparation, but what happens when you're on the road? You're not in your home studio right now. You're traveling. You took a flight yesterday. How do those types of disruptions change your performance and maybe even change your preparation because you're not in your ideal performance state? You, you know, I mean, I think when you introduce outside components, you have to be able to rely on the foundation of your routine. Um, so I think about this sort of building a house. If we want to build an addition on our house, that's going to introduce a bunch of new elements. But if we have a strong foundation, we know that we can build up. And that's sort of what I go back to. You know, uh, you can't replace the work and the reps that it takes to lay that foundation. So when I travel or when I take myself and put myself in a new element, I rely on sort of what I train myself to, to be able to go ahead and lay that foundation, regardless of where I'm at. And then it allows me to adjust to the environment that I'm in and be fully present in it. So I think there's a hybrid there of saying, you know, preparation is key to this because it's a lifestyle. And then you can take that lifestyle and still establish your, your home base, regardless of where you are, mm. and then absorb the environment instead of trying to deflect it or be in a box, you can fully be immersed in it and grow. And so I think a lot of people have that equation messed up. And so they go into a new environment and they don't know how to find themselves. So they try and assimilate to this environment, really not being themselves. And so it's like they don't necessarily extract the, the greatness of that disruption. It's interesting, too, when you talk about that maturation phase and you're moving through this process. Have you noticed in your own personal or even professional life that one, two, three, all the way six degrees of separation have you noticed any changes occurring and who you're attracting or who perhaps you're no longer attracting? So I'm going to say pretty cliche saying here, I believe Tony Robbins coined it, but where thoughts go, energy flows. So if you have control over your thoughts, which I do believe now through my practice starts with controlling your breathing, then you do start to manifest a different reality. Mm -hmm. And so when you go into, you know, let's use a disruption as maybe a negative, right? You go into a tense situation that's out of your element. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. What do you do with that, right? And so I think that, you know, you have the ability to go ahead and take control of these things and be very clear, even though the energy might not be negative, like you're not you know, be manifesting the most beautiful thing in the world, but it allows you to move methodically through that process. Um, and, and I mean, I've experienced that recently. So, so I mean, I, I do believe having control of yourself and being present allows the energy to go where it's supposed to, not where you force it or not where you want it to go. And I think that's sort of the uh, part of the maturation as well is you realize that there's just very finite things that you have control over in this process. So mm -hmm. if you're controlling what you can control, then I think it makes it a lot easier to embrace what you don't have control over because you have a process in which you 
you go through the, you know, the information and make decisions. I know one of your big perspectives and philosophies is each one teach one. How have you translated these messages and these concepts and this way of life to others in that one, two, all the way out to six degrees of separation? You get to build it. I, I mean, Ford, I love building. I, I used to build with Legos and, um, you know, little Lincoln logs. You remember the Lincoln? Logs oh, back of course, in the day? man. How about a connect set? Did you have a connect set? Yo, I don't <sighs> now, but maybe, uh, maybe we need to get on LinkedIn live and go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> An erector um, set. You remember those? Say again? An erector set. I'm taking you back. Bro, I don't know the erector set. Erector I mean, set was before. Armstrong, same same time frame. Oh, same. T- yeah, a little bit. Same time frame. Maybe another level. Different than Lincoln Logs, but definitely, you know, at that yeah, engineering the, perspective. Yeah, we had the Lincoln Logs, and then we had the little plastic war figurines with the with the parachutes, and we used to yes. build the Lincoln Logs, and we launched them over the wall. Yeah, we digress. Anyways, we digress. Um, so so back to the question. So so taking that reach one, teach one mentality, and bringing it to this, you know, degree of how do I incorporate it into my my life, my world? Um, you get to build, right? Mm. And and I think what's really neat is when you start to take control of yourself, that's where it all starts. So once you have this, then you see unique pieces that start to come in that start to fill out this puzzle. Ford, I think a lot of people don't know where they're going, so they aimlessly build. Imagine if you built a bridge and there was no water. Well, then why the hell did I just build a bridge? I could have just mm. gone right across this piece of land, right? So all I right. think that there has to be an element of vision of, Okay, as I start to get to know myself, you know, I don't know, when I was growing up, I said I wanted to be a firefighter, but that's what I was exposed to. So I think it's imperative to be insatiably curious in order to be able, and that's the, that's the reach one, right? I want to be able to go ahead and continue to learn what is out there. Then once I figure out how this fits in my puzzle, well, then I want to go bring someone along for the ride, right? Because one, that reinforces the teaching and two, it's a validator of, hey, am I, am I on to something here or can I help bring this person for the ride and get more perspective and, and create a, a community or a tribe? Um, so, so I think that mentality sort of keeps me in the center and grounded of being insatiably curious but also reminding that it takes a tribe to go ahead to, to build something special because the sum of all of our parts is better than just me by myself. And so it's a big gut checking moment. But I mean, Ford, I look back, uh, you know, 18 months, we'll use the pandemic as an example. I use LinkedIn as this ecosystem to go out and reach one and teach one. And that's how me and you were on the phone and um, have a breakfast tomorrow with a founder from Australia that I met during this. And so it's this idea of, give, 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 and it'll just come back in droves, but I don't expect anything. And so in that mentality, you can't keep score. You just got to reach one and teach one, reach one and teach one. And next thing you know, you got a lot of friends and the money just tends to follow. Hmm. You speak of these cooperative components, Scott, where is this going, right? We're in a very interesting space right now from a planet standpoint, the actual physicality of the earth itself, but also the world the fabrication of society and the ideas and the norms and the pressures and, you know, the preconceived notions of different thought camps and philosophies. Where are we headed? What's it going to look like in 20, 30, 40, 50, 20, 60? Reach one and teach one. And I believe you can manifest what that looks like. Mm. I, I believe at this point right now, we through, through evolution and through circumstance, um, 
we want to be led a lot right now. We want to be told what to do. And I think that this is a really exciting time to be alive because we have more tools at our disposal in order to go ahead and make substantial impact. And so I think that there's a big paradigm shift in the way that power is distributed, in the way that information is distributed. And, and I think that you know a lot of people will talk about what they wanna see and then stick their tail between their legs when it comes time to advocate for, for what they want. So, so I'm just gonna go back to my core principle, my mantra of reach one and teach one. And I believe that we, we can manifest where we're going, um, that we, we're seeing huge societal changes. Um, counterculture has come in and, and really you know, shown that we can make mass moves across the world with the platforms that we have available to us at our fingertips now. That's really exciting and scary at the same time. So, so I think I would be, um, I'd be lying to you if I told you I knew where it was going. Uh, but right. I think that's sort of the excitement of this is, no one knows where this is going. I mean, you know, I had circumstances come up over the last few months in my life that show me, you don't know when you're going to live and die in this world. You don't know what, when your last breath is going to be. And that always sounded cliche and everyone would say it. And then it really happens to you. And you're like, okay, I, I can control what I can control right now. And, um, so yeah, so I'm excited. I, I, you know, a lot of people have a pessimistic tent tint to it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but negative shit sells. And we've built an ecosystem of a capitalistic market. And unfortunately, it's predicated on these negative thoughts. So I think it's imperative us for us to go back to what makes us a human living in Estes Park, being connected to the ecosystem of nature, watching life outside of the human lens, I think really just puts into perspective that you are just a cog in the wheel of mother nature and earth. And you didn't create this, nor will you be the demise of it. So just come in and find your role. And, and I think we can collectively be on a journey to somewhere more evolved than where we're at, but I have no clue what that looks like. Man, I've always loved your passion from the jump. You know, when we originally connected, as you alluded to earlier, a huge thank you to Miriam Glez for just putting us into touch and to see this whole thing evolve from where it started. I mean, the first time you told me you're from the same area I'm from, kind of sat back and you were one of the original networking calls that I had outside of my immediate professional network. And to watch it evolve through your passion and through your focus and drive and to push me outside of my comfort zone and to bring me into other eco spaces. I mean, I can't thank you enough, man. And I think it's really cool to have you as the last guest on season two because this season was really manifested by some of the information you were sharing with me of getting out there in the eco space and meeting people you don't know and having the courage to feel uncomfortable. And you may not know them other than a first name and a last name, but by the end of the conversation, you feel like you've known them for a lot longer than a 30 or 45 minute session. So that's just a quick so sidebar to so say hold, thank you on. on that. So, so for everyone listening, I'm standing up on this podcast. That's a thanks <laughs> to my man, Ford Dyke. I don't sleep with my phone in my room anymore. That's a thanks to Ford Dyke. And, and I think what's really interesting is I would have, I could have said the same sentiment back to you for the impact that you made coming into my life. And, and you know, that reaches a bigger question here of, did, did I manifest this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, when you look about, you know, how Miriam came into my life and then that connection of where, 
some things are just bigger than you. And I think right. that for we, we have these expectations of what a good relationship supposed to look like, or what a good conversation supposed to be. And I think when you learn, like I mentioned Kobe on our first interview, yeah. but the journey is the destination. And so as soon as I replaced expectation with intention, mm. it made, it opened up Pandora's box of humanity. Right. And so like, luckily me and you, like, we just jived, right? Like it just right out of the gates, like we hit it off, but there's people where it's like, I don't necessarily jive with you, but your intentions are off the chart. So I got to figure out a way to go ahead and make that happen. And, and so, you know, I'll go down a weird rabbit hole, but dude, you return the same thing back to my life. And I think the things that you talk about make people uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. that's the through line that we have where we have have a unique way to push people and humans out of their comfort zone, but it's all to make them better. And I think in 2021, people are looking for areas in life where they can trust and where they can lean in and show improvement. And we give that vehicle to people in different ways, but per four humans is the core. And this is still just the tip of the iceberg of us being reconnected to the human experience. Right. How disconnected are we right now with cell phones, with everything that's going on in the world? For the best thing you ever taught me was, Scott, take control of your breath. If you can breathe and you can control your breath, you can do anything in the world. And when I get on networking calls, it's if you take one thing from me, go learn how to breathe because they won't teach you. But the moment you learn, it's your world. You can do whatever you want at that point. So anyways, thank you back to yourself because it's, uh, the, the feeling is mutual on both sides. Scott, let me leave you with this. It's my last question, man. And I really think it sums up this entire season, our relationship. And as a disclaimer, so the listeners understand and my audience realizes this, we've never met in person. And we were able to create such an organic, such a fruitful such a collaborative relationship. I really am forever grateful for that. And the question is, what other humans are out there that I haven't connected with, you haven't connected with, we haven't connected with yet? And because of that, what makes a human a human? What is your definition of a human? Wow. We have seven minutes to unpack a question that I think about infinitely. Um, <laughs> I think humanity is, is a very interesting evolution in, in the species of life, in the, in the iteration of life. And I think the, the cognitive ability that humans possess is what separates us. With that being said, I, I think that humans have this propensity to, to push the envelope past complacency to a place that will either make us or break us. And I think we are flirting with evolutions in humanity that will put our species in jeopardy. It will put us in question. And so I would come back with the question is what is the goal of humanity? Not what is humanity, because I think we are just a phase of the cycle, but mm -hmm. what are we trying to do? And when I took a step back outside of the, the world that I was born into, I had this revelation that humans might be the cancer. Mm -hmm. Humans to earth are destructive and they reproduce and they don't give back. 
And so it took me some time to say, what is our role in this kingdom? And, and I think we're very destructive to it and very selfish. And so um, as we continue to evolve technology through artificial learning, through machine learning, and we see this intersect with the way that our planet is naturally changing and the gas that we've put on the fire through our plastic and emissions, um, I think there's a new realm of humanity on the on the horizon and we're feeling this daily with this toggle between the physical world and the virtual world that we all plug into um and and so i don't know what that time looks like um i do know that as a human right now i have the ability to put my fingerprint on what the future looks like by humanizing this technology and humanizing this experience to make sure that as far as we go down that road we can still take the elements that I cherish as us as humans and make sure that they're still present and, and focused on and talked about uh, regardless of the, you know, the vehicle or the vessel that we are putting forward and, and sort of living in. Scott, you did it in six minutes and 20 seconds. And it's interesting because no one knows where this is going. Nope. But to highlight what you mentioned at the outset, if you know thyself, if you take that time every single day to lean in and set those intentions and see where you are physically, those manifestations happen organically. And to become the observer is one of the most powerful things that we have the ability as a human with a frontal lobe to do. And yet so many of us have turned a blind eye to that. So I want to thank you for having that courage to lean in and to absorb and to become that observer of your own life, but also of where this experience could be going. I want to leave the listeners with this, Ford, if you don't mind. Don't let a life-changing traumatic event be the reason that you open your eyes, hmm. be the reason that you come to reality that you don't have control. It's okay. And I want you to understand as a listener where you fit in this amazing kingdom of humanity and the animal kingdom. Because I believe for there's predators in the world and there's prey in the world. And you need both of them in order to have a cohesive ecosystem. But not everyone can be the lion and not everyone's going to be a pack of gazelles or a herd of gazelles. Figure out who you are and be the fucking best at who you are. Because as much as you want to change it, you're not going to. There's some things that are just, that's just who you are, right? Like I watched my dog work and my dog was bred for a specific reason. And it might not line up to what I want it to be in my house, but that dog has instincts because it was bred for a certain reason. All I'm saying is figure out who you are as a human. And then it opens up and gives you the ability to become the observer. Or it gives you the, the enforcer or whoever you want to be. Just be comfortable with who you are. And once you get there, fat, skinny, black, white, I don't care what you are, you're a human. Figure out what kind of human you are and the impact that you wanna make. And it could be this big. If you reach 30 people in your whole life, you've educated a whole classroom of people. Just let that be known, a whole classroom of people, 30 people. Figure out who you are. Pandora's box will open. Conversations reveal what separates them from the average human. I can't think of a better way to close out this season. Scott Garber, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. 
Hordak, you're a legend. Thank you so much for the work you do. Are you ready to optimize? Perform Humans is the evidence-based approach to optimal performance, health, and well-being. The platform collaborates globally with a variety of high-profile performers, corporate executives, elite athletes, first responders, and military personnel. Perform Humans offers private consultation and live webinars designed for individuals, small groups, and large audiences. Visit perforhumans.com for more information.